This is Off The Ball Breakfast. G-Mac on G-Mac. Oh, Jesus. Are you a tattoo kind of guy? Tattoos? Uh, no tattoos. <laughs> the fact that I'm doing an impression beside Conor Murray here is ridiculous. Subscribe to the Off The Ball Breakfast podcast on the Off The Ball app now. Hurling on Off The Ball. With Board Gosh Energy. Proud sponsors of the Senior Hurling Championship. is the great leveller. It teaches you great mental fortitude. It teaches you, you know, the joys of winning, the joys of losing. We are here. We're in everyone's communities. We're in everyone's families. And we deserve to be respected and have the same rights as everyone else. I've never seen such so many people who want to see the best of everyone else before even themselves. And it's unusual to see that in a sports club. We've all been through something very similar that not many other people would understand unless they've been through it. So we're kind of looking out for each other. I believe the club started off when your chairperson put out a tweet. Now, often things start on social media where it was like the Emerald Warriors are doing good things in rugby right now. Maybe there's a place for a gay GA team in Dublin, essentially, is the, how this started off. I actually saw the tweet when it went out. Um, had it in the back of my head always. I didn't, obviously, not being in Dublin at the time, I didn't really respond to it. But I thought it was a great idea. And I suppose I've seen from being involved in inclusive soccer teams like Cork Rebels that it's something that's really positive for LGBT people to be able to get involved in sport in a comfortable environment in their own community. And I thought this was a, a no-brainer for a GA team to be set up. The football team, their registrations were closed because of the GA rules, but there was a kind of unofficial start of a hurling team that I was able to join in and I would have started the summer of last year. A Tipperary man, a tipperary man coming into Dublin, what attracted you to get involved with Miguel Erica then? Well I followed the club, I thought it was just incredible to see um, a club that is exclusively LGBT, well, exclusively inclusive I suppose, and when I saw that they were starting a hurling team, I was still playing hurling at home with my club despite living in Dublin. I just thought, I thought this is an opportunity that I can't be missed. I thought the, the club was making a statement that I wish I had seen when I was growing up in rural Tipperary. Because I didn't grow up around any positivity towards gay men or um, homosexuality or anything to do with LGBT. No matter what, I think I, I need to at least go down, test it out, see what they're about. And I mean, straight away, I think after my first training session with them, I said, this is, I felt like for the first time ever, I've been playing sport my entire life. And for the first time ever, I, I felt a sense of belonging. I don't think I've ever really, I thought I, I knew what pride felt like, pride in the jersey, but I don't think, I don't think I really felt it, truly felt it, until we played our first match um, with Miguel Erica in a hurling team. I got involved last summer, um, building off the success of the LGFA and uh, Gaelic football team uh, within the Gael Erica. We, we saw it as a good juncture to drive on and maybe get some hurling being played. I would have always had a, a love for GA in general. Um, hurling probably, just if it was on, I'd watch any match. Football, I would have more kind of loyalties and more teams I would 
have more passion about maybe, but for hurling, it doesn't matter who's playing, I'll watch the match. Like most fellas who, who grew up in the countryside in Ireland, you, you do, uh, you know, sport is, is a very big part of your life. And growing up um, on the Kilkenny side of the Tip Kilkenny border, the right side, um, you know, hurling was massive. And um, I grew up in a pub as well, so, you know, always the, the centre of dissection and support of every game. And like a really fond memories of, of watching Derek Ling and Aidan Fogarty. Um, you know, playing, representing Emeralds and um, Forky Kenny, you know, great memories in that sense. So sport, especially hurling, was always a big part of my life growing up. Now, I had left sport for a few years. I always, from growing up, I've been always playing sport. And when I hit about 16, I didn't know why, but I, I started to fall out of love with all sport. Um, and I come around 19 years old. Um, it was only for the people around me. My best friends got me back playing starting with soccer and then around 22 years old I came back to hurling but I don't know what it is psychologically but I had conditioned myself to just forget the fact that I was gay I hadn't come out so I was playing with people who didn't know I was gay and I had I don't know how I managed to do it but I had just anything anything homophobic or any of those thoughts would just go straight over my head um, and it wasn't good it wasn't um, it wasn't, I suppose, progressive for myself as a person. Um, so any sport at all around whoever, it didn't matter. For me, it was just for the sport. And then I think when I found this and I realized that, oh my God, there's so much more to play in sport and um, so much more to play for, I suppose. After, so during COVID, I came out and kind of, you know, came out to myself more than anything. And uh, I, I suppose I was kind of, getting out there on the scene and I found it a very difficult place and that's something that I identified with a whole whole lot. I got involved towards the tail end of year two and now we're in we're in year three. Um, so I suppose that was when I when I got involved and it was a taster session that I went to. So the, the football management were running a hurling taster session and the idea that they'd kind of get a few people in and they'd take the hurling forward. And I suppose I was the, the fool that, uh, <laughs> you know, chomped at that bit. The club still feels like it's kind of in that startup period. And in a way, a very unusual time for a club to start up right in the middle of COVID when they start putting their first team together in 2020. As COVID progressed and the, the need for people to kind of get out and about and meet each other again came along, the club gave people an opportunity for that in a, an open environment, outdoors, socially distant. So actually, in some ways, it probably helped. We were kind of just poking about in Phoenix Park and seeing, is there interest? What's the interest like? And then moving to maybe a little bit of informal training before a puck about and then making it more formal, getting to the stage where we're registering a team, getting ready to, to actually play a league match. And our first match was a challenge match a few days before the league. And really, we didn't have any idea. We'd never played against anyone but ourselves. We got 30 people out for uh, our panel, which was great numbers. We had support again on the sideline. We probably had about 40, 50 people there just for a challenge match. Um, and I won't say who we played, but we blew them out of the park anyway. And I think that was the first point we realized we had something on our hands that was going to go places. We'll be here in the Phoenix Park with a few slitters. Come along, you're not insured, you, you know, you've nothing, a lot of leg to stand on, but come along for the crack. And um, I suppose in those early days, we, we, you know, we went from five or six people to all of a sudden it was 30 and I'm like, we may buy a set of cones or something like this is, this is serious. Like if nothing, just for the cars, like we need to, you know, we need to sort this out. 
we went from strength to strength and um, with people of varying abilities, very ex varying experiences with Harlan and um, you know I think the thing that bound us together was the energy. So usually if you were setting up a GA team, right, it'd be based purely on your parish, your town, exactly where you're from. Yeah. But you guys are bonded by an experience oh, yeah. and in a way, like I suppose, a model that you want for the club is what bonds you together as opposed to where you're from. Well, the, the club is set up purely for LGBT people and for people to feel welcome and safe, to play sport, to come back to sport, even just to do some fitness in a, meet friends in a safe place without fear of getting ridiculed or anything that they may have experienced before. That's a great thing to be able to do, to be able to be inclusive, to be welcoming and to bring people in from the fold. So many people come to this team with different backgrounds, different relationships with sport and uh, we're trying to, uh, I suppose like you say, through a shared experience, create a team and uh, then go forward and, and actually compete. In our first game where we had 30 people lining out for the challenge match, we had 18 counties represented. A part of that obviously is, is people moving to Dublin and Dublin being a very large city. Um, but part of that I suppose is, is that GA is across the island very popular and people would, whether they had a comfortable relationship or not with it growing up, they had a relationship with it. And NGA gives people a chance to re-establish that relationship in some cases in a more positive way. Have those relationships been rekindled in some cases? Because again, just from reading about the experience of some of the players in your club, some were involved maybe up until their teens, then felt like GA wasn't for them anymore, maybe felt they didn't have a place in the club they were at the time, but have now got re-involved with your club here. Yeah, we would have every level of involvement. So I, this is the first GA team I've ever joined, um, and it would go all the way up to people who were, you know, making minor county panels, and then every level of comfortableness or lack thereof with the GAA or with their place in the GAA. The successes I've enjoyed most so far have been seeing the people who came in with no confidence go out there, start a match, play man of the match performance and come out with their head held high. Um, and I love seeing progression in people. I love seeing not just, we're not just seeing progression in terms of sport and their ability, and we really are, but you're seeing people fully becoming themselves, allowing themselves to be themselves around others and not feeling vulnerable, not afraid to say something or do something in a certain way and I've never seen that before in my whole life but I am speaking as a 27 year old now who only came out when he was 26 and it took the move to Dublin, it took clubs like NGA, it took people around me um, and my environment for this all to happen. Would you have found it difficult to come out at home compared to here? Yeah, I, mm, that, would, that was always my um, my worst fear. My biggest fear at home was, and this is why, to be honest, the main reason for moving to Dublin away from Tipperary, I thought that if I came out, I would have to give up sport. And there was no way that it would work any other way. But it, it was received really well. And the people that I thought would, would not take it well took it amazing. Um, and they've been fantastic support. Um, and I can't complain at all. I left it a bit late, but I, I think it was worth it. And if I had to go back and do it again, knowing that I'd be here and I've met the people that I've met through the sport, uh, I'd do it all again. Something that I think is, is a very uh, common experience of, of all people, it's very hard to make friends as an adult. And 
you know, I've been very privileged to have made lots of friends across the country as, as I've gone through life and school and college. Um, but then I suppose college finishes and there's that juncture and you're like, well, you know, what do I do now? All my friends are emigrating, etc, etc. And, you know, Nigel Erica provides a fantastic social platform to meet like-minded people, um, but also, you know, people, a group of people you have to mention as well are allies and like we have some fantastic allies involved in the club that just want to support our message. For the most part other teams have been fantastic. Managers, players have come over to us uh, or even put up messages on, on social media afterwards saying that they really enjoyed the game and they're really impressed with what we're doing and they wish us well. You know not everything is perfect. We, we had one game where we got unwanted um, attention we'll say um, which we were able to deal with um, but in the main it's been hugely positive. Was the attention verbal or physical or? The the match I suppose would have been a more physical match generally but there was some definite you know homophobic verbal abuse directed at players as well. I think I think we've been fortunate we look it, it did happen and I suppose it feels like every game we're playing we we are taking a big step and risking get something being said to us and tearing us down um, and it's, it's a sad thing that we have to be I suppose ready for this that we have to be able to deal with this and um, in this day and age as well because it's something that another team wouldn't have to mentally prepare themselves for it's, yeah but it's not just any old abuse like it's really personal it's really it's really into the roots of your of where you've come from I think that the only thing that really could have upset me or really got me um, uh, would have been a homophobic comment before. Now that I'm, I suppose I, I've seen it, I've faced it, I know I'm expecting it, I suppose it doesn't upset me anymore. But for many people there, it really is one of the worst things that, you know, re most upsetting things that they can... Because it strikes at the core of you as an individual, but also at the core of what your club is trying to achieve at the same time. Yeah, so I suppose... If we never got any, if we never got any homophobic abuse, if if it never happened, I suppose that would have been amazing. That would have been the most idyllic uh, start to the year. It would have been exactly what we wanted. Um, but even the fact that this is happening to us it means there's there's a lot more that needs to be done. We have a long way to go yet. Um, and now it feels like uh, maybe it still is on the tip of people's tongue. They might not be saying it. Maybe they're thinking it. But we have a long way to go. I think. I think part of the the issue is that we. We are good, you know, we're a good hurling team and maybe teams that come up against us who don't expect us to be good, their frustrations come to the fore and things boil over and this is how they decide to show it, which, you know, is letting themselves down, I would say, rather than letting us down. But I suppose a positive from it is because it's not a gay player on a team, it's a it's an LGBT team. We're able to, to be the support for that player, we're able to, you know, do what we need to do to make sure that these issues aren't ignored and they're dealt with properly. So in some ways it, it shows our strength when these things happen that we're able to, to respond to it. I can see a lot of change coming and I can see it happen very quickly. Um, the support that we're getting since starting this hurling team has been growing and growing. It's, it's becoming massive. So I think we're, we're breaking, uh, breaking the wheel. Do you think we get to a point at some stage where 
we're going to have a few openly gay intercounty players at some point. Because, you know, like Don Logue has kind of been, in many ways, the outlier in that regard. And you look at David Goff, and like he's spoken incredibly eloquently about his uh, sexuality and wanting inclusion within the GAA. Do we get to a point where, like, I'm sure there are gay intercounty players right now who probably feel that they can't come out while they're currently playing intercounty. Do you think that we get to a stage where people might feel comfortable in the future? I hope so. I mean, I myself thought that I couldn't play sport if I came out. I thought it was one or the other. Um, but I do, I, I, I hope so. I do think eventually it will happen. I think there, you're right. I think there are people out there who probably are gay and they're playing inter-county sport. Um, it's a difficult scene regardless of everything, but if they do come out, see, they're probably going to be faced with a lot of attention, which is the last thing you want when you're coming out. You don't want it to be broadcast. Well, for most people, you don't want it to be broadcast. It's not a big, you don't want it to be a big deal. Um, and that's probably what makes people more hesitant and will also probably drive people away from sport. So if it happens, which I do think eventually it will, I think that's going to be very brave of um, whoever does it and I think they're going to pave the way for the future so it would be amazing to see. Oftentimes when it comes to GA, somewhere is embedded with a GA club for the life of the town or wherever they're from. So there's people who've been involved since day dot almost and there's the underage structure that's there and kind of in a way it all kind of flows and it happens. You still need a good committee for a team to be successful but a club probably has a lot of the infrastructure there. Well in the first three years of this club it's all have to, have to be built from scratch. Yeah and, and you, you know we're, we're very lucky that albeit we're, we're, we're small in certain respects. We've a very supportive committee from you know organising grounds to play games to uh, you know keeping, uh, keeping us up to date with all the fixtures. There are a fantastic team of people there, the committee, that keep us all in the straight and narrow. Some of them play, which is hilarious because you know you're there, player manager and then your secretary who's also cornerback, you know, paying the referee at half time or whatever. So. Match days it's easy enough because I would be the one on the sideline unless things are really drastic. I, I have played 15 minutes of one game so far and nobody died so that's a good start. A lot of people double jobbing but once again the energy is just great, like people are just willing to do it, they don't ask questions and they were willing to step up and be that guy in the sideline with the flat cap as well as the guy playing corner forward as well as the guy maybe refereeing again but look you know it's, everyone's managing. You're training in Phoenix Park, in the Marino Institute, and I think a bit in Drimna as well. So you're kind of three different homes for yeah. training right now. Yeah, so uh, during the summer, everything is in, in Phoenix Park uh, because the, the lighting is good and normally the weather is all right as well. So we normally train on a, a Tuesday and a Saturday. During the, the winter months, we usually keep the Saturday mornings in Phoenix Park and we're down in Drimna um, for training under floodlights. And then our home matches at the minute are in the Marino Institute. Um, but you know we've all the away matches we've gone to we've been able to see you know well-established clubs with great facilities and you definitely would be a bit jealous of them having their own home and and us you know always having to throw our bags down and try to avoid hitting a deer along the way and that sort of thing so someday hopefully we might be able to find a, a home for ourselves. For any team who's kind of setting up and just after being incorporated it's a big occasion to take the field for the first time. The success for us was getting out there, playing the match, being able to be counted. Um, and then the fact that we, we won it and we won it well was a huge bonus. It's not about winning, but nothing feels quite as good as winning. So if we're going to win, we may as well enjoy it when we win as well. Uh, but we want to make sure there's a space for everyone. Everyone can come along, everyone can feel comfortable at the level that they're at. And if we get a win out of that, that they can celebrate that as well. 
um, while maintaining the, the ethos that we're very proud of inclusivity but also something that's a big focus for for me personally is good sportsmanship because um, I suppose in Kilkenny like I say I have great memories of playing GA growing up but at times I did feel that you know good sportsmanship was uh, was left aside rootlessness rootlessness and you can be ruthless and a good sportsman at the same time um, and I think it's finding that balance where people are competitive um, but, but also respectful of their opponent and like we have got a fantastic reception within this league and you know like 95% of the experiences have been great and um, you know really thankful for that. You've got the championship gear on, which people can see at the moment. Um, that must be the nicest part of any player's season is when they finally get the half sip coming in just before championship. Well, we waited a long time. I think it was six weeks for the delivery, like, and we, we weren't sure when it was coming. But yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's very nice to get it. We'll be wearing it very proud. Um, we've seen a few heads turn already, which is good. We want to get the name out there, very proud of who we are. We want to get your attention. We want to, yeah, we want to be seen, that's the idea. What are the aspirations for championship this year? If you were to reflect at the end of the year and say, what, what did a good summer look like for you? Um, well, I think we've already had a success just getting out there and, and entering a team into the league and into the championship. But I suppose the league has given us a flavour of success. And, you know, we have teams in the championship that we, we know we've already beaten and there's teams we know we can do well against. And I think if we play to the best of our abilities and, and come away with the results that we feel we can get, then we'll have had a good year. We've fantastic players, we've fantastic atmosphere, and I think that carries you an awful long way. Like when I think of other teams that I've, I've, I've played with in the past, when the atmosphere is going great, even if the skill is not fantastic, that carries a team an awful long way. Um, and I can say that, you know, having, having played rugby and, you know, played hurling elsewhere as well, atmosphere stands for an awful lot feeding into work ethic. You know, talent, talent is a kind of a nice to have, but, you know, work ethic and atmosphere really do drive a team forward. I never would have imagined that we'd be doing so well and we'd be standing in a position like this. Um, a very strong team and with hopes to not just win a match, but to win out the championship. The most important thing is it is getting out there, it's showing our faces, um, it's being brave. I think this is the, the beautiful culmination of Irish culture and uh, Irish identity while being part of the LGBTQT community. Um, so, you know, I think there is a bright future. I'd like to see us become a very well-established team and everyone know about us and what we're about. Um, and anyone who's interested will at least check us out or consider it. One of our aspirations is that, you know, people will leave Nigel Erica when they resettle in four corners of this country and hopefully they'll have the confidence to join whatever local GA club is present in that place and that the values they bring forward will become standard within that GA club um, so that I suppose people don't have to worry how they're being perceived by their peers growing up. on Off The Ball with Board Gosh Energy proud sponsors of the Senior Hurling Championship 